Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. You're tuned into the SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. It's your host, Jack Jones. I'm joined by fellow handicapper Brandon Lee today. We'll be giving out six free picks for Week 7 NFL and Week 8 College Football. We went 3-3 three and three last week. I went 1-2. and two. I lost on Iowa plus 3.5 and, and the Jaguars minus 1. Iowa missed a two-point conversion at the end. It would have covered. Also missed a field goal earlier. Uh, the Jaguars held the Saints to 13 points but couldn't win the game. Fortunately, I won my six-point teaser on the Browns plus eight and Cardinals plus eight and a half to avoid the sweep. Uh, Brandon was two and one. He uh, won on South Carolina plus 25, lost on the Chiefs minus four, and won his 10-point teaser on the Ravens, Bucks, and Jaguars. Brandon didn't need the 25 points on South Carolina. He won the game outright and one of the biggest upsets of the week. Nice call on that one, Brandon. Yeah, always nice to uh, have a big dog like that win. Um, unfortunately, I did not have any of the money line. I think there was like a plus 1,300 out there. Uh, that would have been real nice. Uh, definitely could have helped us out here on the podcast. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a few more of those uh, going forward. Yeah, I like those easy winners, man. Uh, we're still 166, 113, and 9 the last four seasons. Uh, bet 1000 bucks per game. Uh, you're up over 41000 on uh, on all of our f- football free picks the last four years. Uh, we have two college football free picks for Saturday, two NFL free picks for Sunday. We also have two bonus NFL teasers at the end of the podcast. Uh, so make sure to stick around for those. Uh, Brandon, give the listeners your college football free pick for Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to go to the ACC. I'm going to take the Virginia Cavaliers minus three and a half at home against the Duke Blue Devils. I think this is the perfect time to buy low on Virginia and to sell high on Duke. I definitely feel like the number here is way too low given you know just how I perceive and rank these two teams. I, I know Duke's four and two tied for the ACC Coastal lead with Virginia. Uh, but I'm not really sure they've done enough to make people to make me believe that they're legit. Uh, their wins are against North Carolina A&T, Middle Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech. You can't read anything into an FCS win. Middle Tennessee is not any good. Uh, Virginia Tech was a complete disaster to start the year. Uh, they finally look better after a quarterback change. And uh, Georgia Tech is by far the worst team in the ACC and maybe the worst Power 5 team in the country. Uh, they got annihilated by Alabama in the opener, which was to be expected, but they did get outgamed by over 300 yards in that contest. Uh, they do have, they had a close 33-30 loss at home to Pitt, but they trailed 26-3 in the second half of that game. You know, Virginia went on the road in their opener and beat that same Pitt team 30-14. to uh, They also have a nice win at home over Florida State. Uh, they, they lost by 15 to Notre Dame, and, you know, they didn't cover the— the spread in that one, but it's it was really a mis, uh, misleading result. They had five turnovers, and they actually outgained the Irish 338 to 322, and they were up 17 to 14 at the half. So, And then last week, uh, they had a real tough loss to Miami. Um, they were, without a doubt, the better team. I, I had the Hurricanes in that one. I, I felt very, very fortunate uh, to get a cover in that. Um, but you get some crazy stuff in those weekday night games, especially – you know, when the dog's at home. So uh, I'm not reading too much into that loss either. Um, For me, I'm looking back at how Duke's offense struggled uh, to move the ball against Alabama. And, you know, I I just can't see how they're going to be able to do enough offensively in this game um, to basically win outright. I mean, when you're taking a team at three and a half, you're, 
you're not really hoping that they only lose by a field goal. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a benefit, but you're really thinking they're gonna, they can win the game, and I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, Duke's only game this season against an FBS opponent uh, where they where they had more than 188 yards passing was against Middle Tennessee, and they had just 237 in that one. And I think that's a really big problem going up against Virginia. Uh, the Cavaliers rank 11th in the country against the run, giving up just 90 yards per game, 2.7 yards per carry. And lastly here, you got to factor in just the history of the series. Virginia has won and covered four straight, all four wins by at least seven points. I get the Blue Devils are good, a good bet as a dog under Cutcliffe, but I don't think they're going to have much bite in this one. Uh, give me Virginia minus three and a half. Yeah, I like the spot for Virginia here for sure off two straight road losses at Notre Dame and Miami. I had Virginia in both of those games. I felt like I deserved to win both. Uh, they were getting 10.5 at Notre Dame, lost by 15. We're winning the game outright at halftime, only outgained by five yards, but those five turnovers did them in. Last week they were getting three in Miami, outgained the Hurricanes by 61 yards, shut down their offense, uh, but, but Virginia left a ton of points on the board. They had six trips inside the Miami 25-yard only. 25-yard line, only scored nine points. Uh, that's pretty hard to do, not scoring a single touchdown. Uh, I'll be back on the Cavaliers this week because I love misery, but in all seriousness, uh, <laughs> it's a good time to buy low on, uh, on them here for sure off those two losses. And Duke coming off that misleading 41-23 home win over Georgia Tech, won by 18, covered as 17.5-point favorites despite getting outgained by a bad Yellow Jackets team. Definitely going to be Duke's toughest test since their 42-3 loss at Alabama. Uh, to open the season, uh, in, like you said, Virginia does own Duke, which is impressive how well they've done against Duke, considering all those were uh, mostly pretty bad Virginia teams for the most part, and this is the best team Virginia has had in years. So I think we're getting a cheap price here, and I like it too. Yeah, and I think we're seeing a little carryover effect with Duke. You know, they were good last year. They started off 4-2, and two, but – I don't. I think this team is going to have a real tough time going forward. They've, you know, really played the easiest schedule they could uh, so far, and um, you know, I'm just not that impressed. Yeah, I like your common opponent comparison too, with uh, Virginia blowing out Pitt on the road and Pitt beating Duke um, at Duke. So uh, that definitely works in our favor here too. Um, I'm going to go with Michigan plus nine at Penn State. I'm back to fading Penn State again this week, too, because, I, like I said, I love misery. Uh, but this line has gotten out of hand. It's up to nine now after opening around seven. I would consider my loss on Iowa plus three, three and a half last week pretty bad beat. I mean, the Hawkeyes outgained the Nittany Lions by 62 yards, missed the field goal. Their, their kicker never misses and uh, came up short on that two-point conversion to lose by five. So they also fumbled a handoff inside their own 20 to gift wrap Penn State a touchdown. Uh, Penn State is 6-0, and but they've been outgained in three of their six games. They were out. They were outgained by Iowa, Buffalo, and Pitt. So I just don't think this team is that good. Um, I really think uh, definitely one of the most overrated teams in the country. You're going to hear a lot about Penn State here playing at night with a whiteout this week, and it seems like everyone is on the Nittany Lions because of it. I just think uh, it's a great time to go contrarian here. Michigan st- can still achieve all of its goals if it wins out, and I think we're getting extra value because uh, the Wolverines uh, – at- beat Illinois 42-25 last week but I I mean they were up 28 nothing uh before taking their foot off the gas it's like they were just ready to get on to this Penn State game at halftime and forgot to play the second half uh Penn State's offense just doesn't have the firepower to put Michigan away by double digits which is what they're gonna have to do here to to cover the spread Pitt held them to 17 points Iowa held them to 17 points Michigan has a good or as good or better defense as both of the, both of those teams uh the Wolverines allow 17 and a half points per game 283 yards per game 
4.2 yards per play this season. I just expect this to be an ugly, low-scoring Big Ten game. So getting nine points is tremendous value. Michigan did beat Penn State last year 42-7, to held them to just 186 total yards. They outgained the Nittany Lions by 217 in the win. Uh, Wolverines now 4-1 straight up, 4-1 against the spread the last five meetings. So uh, give me Michigan. Yeah, a real tough one for me. I, I just – I've been on Michigan so much and let down so much over the last couple seasons that – I just don't think I can get on them here. I, if I had to play a side, I would probably play Penn State. Just the fact that it's a home game, the wideout, five and one against the spread, last six um, in the wideout scenario, covered three in a row in that spot. Um, I, I just really wonder what this Michigan offense is going to do. Um, you got Penn State ranks fourth in the country in total defense, um, and I, this Michigan offense is, you know, anytime they've went up against a deep, decent defense they have struggled um I, I also don't know that i am quite there that i would lay almost double digits in this spot um if i probably if i had to play this game i'd probably take the under 47 i think michigan is a very similar team to iowa in terms of their ability to play really good defense and the limitations they have offensively and you know we just saw penn state really struggle to do a whole lot offensively against iowa and you know, you talked about that Iowa game. I mean, I, that first and goal from the three-yard line in the first half, I feel like if they would have converted that and got a touchdown there, it would have been, a, a you know, probably a Hawkeye win. Yeah, good point there on the uh, under two. I like it too. Like I said, I think it's going to be an ugly low-scoring Big Ten game. So um, definitely lean the under, and it, that kind of makes co- the points a little more valuable. Correlates sure. with my uh, play on Michigan for sure. Yep. All right, let's move on to the NFL. What do you got this week? Yeah, I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts minus one at home against the Texans. I'm going to fade Houston for a second straight week. I think this is an exceptional price to back the Colts um, on their home field. Uh, Even though a win would propel Indy into first place in the AFC South and, you know, both teams coming in off a big win against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, I just feel the public perception is that Houston is the better team. And I think a big reason for that is the Texans, you know, they got the big name quarterback into Sean Watson and the Colts are a team that's kind of built to win ugly with the run game and the defense. Uh, typically those are teams that even when they keep covering and, you know, they keep beating teams, they shouldn't, uh, nobody really seems to want to buy into them. And that's just how I feel about Indian. If you listen to our wins totals podcast, I, I, I gave out the under on this team. Um, I really didn't expect a lot. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you can't stick to those initial feelings that you have on a team. I, I really think uh, this is a much better team than people um, realize right now. Um, the most obvious factor here favoring the Colts, let's get it out of the way. Indianapolis coming off a bye. Uh, it's a huge advantage, and especially this deep in the season. I just don't feel the public uh, factors it enough um, into their handicapping, and I think that's why we're seeing a you know very favorable line here. you got a minus one, which means – uh, they would have the Texans favored in this spot um, on a neutral field, and I think with two weeks to prepare, I, I don't think that's the right that's the right number, I guess, in my opinion. Um, you know, not only does Indianapolis have an extra week to prepare, the Texans have to deal with coming off that emotional game against Kansas City. I, I get this isn't a division opponent, but right now. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are the talk of the NFL, and they're getting the best shot from everybody that they face. And there's no question that, you know, Deshaun Watson and that team wanted to go in and make a statement against Kansas City. And while it was a good win, you know, they beat up on a really um, banged up Chiefs team. Um, 
you know, I, I thought that the Kansas City could overcome some of those injuries, and they got off to a 17-3 to start, but the offense just could not do much. And the Texans did a really good job of doing what you should do, and they played keep away from Mahomes. Um, and they almost had like 40 minutes of possession in that game. It might have been one of the, I think it was one of the worst uh, time of possessions for Kansas City and maybe ever at home. It, it was really bad. But anyway, uh, another thing here, Watson and the Texans offense has looked great the last two weeks. They put up 53 on the Falcons, 31 on the Chiefs. Both those teams rank in the bottom 10 of the league in defense. And we've kind of seen this trend where Houston um, Houston's offense looks really good against, you know, subpar to mediocre, bad defenses and have struggled against good defense. So they only put up 10 points and 264 yards at home against the Panthers. They also had a game against a good Jacksonville defense where, you know, they only scored 13 points and had 263 total yards. Uh, the Colts aren't an elite defensive team, um, but I definitely feel they are the stronger, one of the stronger teams on that side of the ball in the league. Um, you don't hold Patrick Mahomes in that Chiefs offense to 13 points in Kansas City, you know, without being good on that side. And, you know, the big thing Indianapolis was able to do in that game against Mahomes and the Chiefs, they played great man-to-man defense and they put a ton of pressure um, on Mahomes. It's no secret the Texans have a subpar offensive line. Houston's played six games. Deshaun Watson's been sacked 18 times. Um, Watson also, like Mahomes, very poor numbers against teams that play quality man-to-man defense. Um, Colts are getting back uh, one of their best defensive players in this game as well, all-pro linebacker Darius Leonard. He's missed the last three within concussion protocol. And then lastly, uh, again, head-to-head history. Colts uh, really played well against Houston last year. They beat them twice, um, including in the wild-card round, the only loss coming in overtime. Um, and they were up 21 to nothing in Houston um, in the playoff game and outgained the Texans by 100 yards in that matchup. So they definitely, you know, aren't uh, intimidated by Deshaun Watson and that offense. And going back uh, to last season, Colts are 9-1 and against the spread in their last 10 games versus a team with a winning record, 8-3-1 and in their last 12 off a of bye. Texans, 3-10 and against the spread, last 13 road games against a team with a winning home record. Uh, Houston getting a little too much credit here. Uh, give me the Colts minus one. Yeah, I like the spot for the Colts this week too, uh, coming off that bye with first place in the AFC South on the line. Uh, that's why I'm not concerned about them having their letdown after beating the Chiefs. Bye came at a great time. Colts were really banged up. She'll get back some, several key players. You mentioned the, the biggest one in Leonard. Uh, Texans have a lot of inju- injury concerns, though, as they had a couple offensive linemen get injured last game. Spot is bad for them. Uh, also off their upset went over the Chiefs because it's only a week later. Um, and that offensive line now banged up. Uh, it's already been pretty bad i think the colts will take advantage of it and the the key to beating the texans is to get to watson and 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 force those negative plays and i think the colts can do it um texans uh four and 13 against the spread the last 17 road games off an upset win as a dog colts nine and one against the spread the last 10 against a team with a winning record i just love uh uh, Frank Reich, I think he's doing one of the most underrated head coaching jobs in the NFL, and this team is really bought in. And Jacoby Reset's good enough to to win them win them some games, and he doesn't have to because they got a great running game and a great defense. Just has to manage the game, which is exactly what he did against the Chiefs, and I think it's exactly what he'll do against the Texans here. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Houston's got a couple of secondary guys injured as well. So, 
You know, I, I, I think we're both on here. I think that the deciding factor in this game is not only the rest, but it will be the Colts defensive front against that banged up Texans line and just not not only banged up, they're just not good in, in general. So, yep. They've, they've you protected win in the trenches, him. You can win the game. Yeah, they had protected him a little bit better the last few weeks, but I, yeah, I think, against the Falcons and the Chiefs, I know don't, they don't really have a, much of a pass rush at right. all. So yeah, I think that uh, comes back to bite them this week. Um, I'm going to go with the Bears minus three at home against the Saints. I'm fading the Saints again this week. My handicap wasn't terrible on the Jaguars last week. I said Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints offense isn't very good, and they only scored 13 points against the Jaguars. But my where I was wrong was Gardner Minshew just didn't do much. Uh, I mean, the Saints uh, had their receivers pretty blanketed for the most part, um, and the Saints were still able to win because of their defense. Uh, they keep winning close games, uh, even with uh, Bridgewater as a game manager in their defense you know, being better than than they've been getting credit for. But I think this streak stops here. The Bears are pissed off coming off a loss to the Raiders in London. They've now had two weeks to get ready for the Saints as they're coming off their bye week. I'm not concerned about whether Chase Daniel and Mitchell Trubisky starts for the Bears because I have them power rated pretty much the same. Uh, the last time we saw the Bears at home, they were shutting down the Vikings 16-6. to uh, the Saints are averaging just 18.3 points, 278 yards per game on the road this year. Um, this is the best defense that Brid- Bridgewater will have seen. They're giving up. Uh, the Saints are giving up 374 yards a game on the road, getting out game by 96 yards per game in their three road games this year. Uh, Chicago just giving up 13.8 points per game on the season, eight points per game at home in their two home games against the Packers and Vikings. Uh, Bears 7-0, and 7-0-1 against the spread, their last eight ho- home games against a team with a winning record. And it's been a great home field advantage uh, the last several seasons, 18-7-1 against the spread, their last 26 home games overall. Uh, give me the Bears in a great spot this week. Yeah, um, it's a tough one for me. I, I see two really bad offenses, and I, I just, you know, I feel like I could flip a coin and that would be the side I could probably take. Uh, in that case, I mean, I'd probably take the points if I had to, but I really like the under in this game. Um, it's 38, 38 and a half. I know it's really low, but yeah, I don't think either team gets the 20 in this one. Um, I, it does look like Trubisky will play. It, it definitely seems to be um, what people are believing based on. You know the recent news. So, that with that said, like kind of like you mentioned with you know him and Chase Daniels, it's really not much difference. Trubisky's uh, the the more and more we get to see him, I I think the more and more uh, we kind of realize Chicago dropped the ball a lot more than you know we initially thought when they passed up on Mahomes and Watson. But uh, if you take away the Redskins game where Trubisky threw for 231 yards and three touchdowns on 25 of 31 passing. He's completed just 59% of his attempts, and he has zero touchdown passes against the other teams that he's faced so far this year. Saints got the 10th-ranked defense in the NFL, uh, total defense, 11th in scoring. Um, in their last two games, they've held the Bucks and Jaguars to under 100 yards rushing and less than 160 yards passing. Uh, Chicago's already got three games this year where they've scored 16 or fewer points. As for the Saints' offense... You know, nothing that we've grown accustomed to with Breeze under center. Um, New Orleans is, you know, doing what they got to do. They're winning right now with the run game and the defense. Bridgewater threw for 345 against a bad Tampa Bay secondary. He's done next to nothing in his other three passing, uh, in, in passing in his other three starts. Uh, key thing for me here, I, it does seem like 
either New Orleans will be without star running back Alvin Kamara or he's going to play at less than 100%. Uh, he clearly wasn't full strength last week against Jacksonville, had just 66 total yards, only 31 yards rushing on 11 attempts. Um, I think without him and, you know, being back there as a guy the defense has really got to focus on, um, you know, they can really, really load the box up and, you know, make things hard on Bridgewater. And I, I just don't think either team is going to do a whole lot here. It, it's not going to be a very fun game to watch unless you love defense. So, um, hopefully we can uh, kind of both win here. I, I will probably have the under, so a little bonus pick for that one. I like it too. I definitely like it. I mean, if there, as long as there's no defensive touchdowns and stuff like that, I think you're good there. Um, yeah. I think people cut, sometimes they see a number under 40 and they're just they like, just I can't do ignore it. it. You know? Just ignore it completely. Yeah. Yep. But it's just, I mean, do you see a 21? I mean, it's hard to see both teams. You know, I don't, it's it's got to be like 21 20. Yeah. It's hard to see something it, crazy. I mean, 20 is the most I can see either team score. And you don't think both teams are getting there. So no. like, even if one does, I mean, I don't, I don't think the other. No. So I think you're on the right track there for sure. Uh, all right. We both won our NFL teasers last week and, uh, we both, uh, actually needed the teaser lines to win our teasers. Um, so, uh, definitely shows you how, how these teaser lines come into play for sure. Let's give, give the listeners another two and zero sweep this week. Brandon, what's your favorite teaser for Sunday? Yeah. These teasers have definitely been saving us so far early on. Um, I'm going to do the obvious, I'm going to do a three team 10 pointer. I'm going to do the most obvious, I think 10 pointer on the board. And that's going to take the 49ers from minus 10 on the road against Washington down to a pick em. And then I'm going to double down on the Colts. I'm going to go take them from minus one up to plus nine. And lastly, I'm going to take the Packers from minus five and a half at home against the Raiders to plus four and a half. I think I don't see Green Bay losing that game, but if they do, I expect it to be a very close game. Yeah, that looks like another winner to me too, Brandon. Uh, I'm going to also uh, do a 10-point teaser um, on the Giants plus 7, the Colts plus 9, and the Titans plus 8, taking three t- home teams here that I expect to win their game games outright, all catching at least a touchdown now with the 10 points. So, uh, yeah, I like that one too. I used your Colts plus 9 in there. Yeah, I like it. That's definitely the smart move and, you know, getting all those um, – teams you know getting over a touchdown instead of laying a short number even though home field advantage hasn't meant as much this year Not, no it has been it's been crazy it's been a crazy year there's gonna be one of these weeks where uh every home team wins not yeah. every but you know a bunch of home favorites and stuff are gonna it should start playing a bigger factor here is the you know weather, Once the weather turns definitely i agree uh to, to review, uh, my three picks are Michigan plus nine, Bears minus three, and my 10-point teaser is on the Giants plus seven, Colts plus nine, Titans plus eight. Brandon, please give the listeners a review of your three picks as well. Yeah, I'm going to take Virginia minus three and a half in college football, Colts minus one in the NFL, and a three-team 10-point teaser in the NFL, 49ers pick, Packers plus four and a half, Colts plus nine. All right, thanks a lot, man. I look forward to doing this podcast with you again next week. Uh, sign up for a premium package from Brandon and I at sportscapping.com or betfirm.com. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at betfirmsjack. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll be back next week with six more free picks for Week 8 NFL and Week 9 college football. Thanks for listening to the sportscapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at sportscapping.com.